0: Welcome to the Survival Sessions. My name is Sean Milne and this is The Return of Hepkelt. Hello and welcome to the Survival Sessions podcast. My name is Sean Milne and Hepkelt is back. Today we have a very special guest indeed, Willie Armstrong, founder, piper and director with the world famous Red Hot Chili Pipers. Willie, thank you for being here. No bother Sean. You go Aye. from doing more than 200 gigs a year, touring the world, all these big events, festivals to this desert, nothing happening in the pandemic. How, how do you yeah. cope with something like that? Um...
1: Probably quite pragmatic about the whole thing. I, I my only um, the only thing I'm taking away from it is that nobody that I know, or nobody in my family, have been affected by the pandemic and uh, uh, health wise. So I haven't lost them there or anything like that. A few of my friends have had the coronavirus. Uh, they've been fine. They were asymptomatic, so they were totally fine. So before we go into the effects it's had in my life, I know before I tell you that it's had a bigger effect than a lot of other people's lives. So I've, I've always tried to try to you know, keep myself as low down the priority list as I possibly can. For me, all it meant was that, I mean, when we first came, when it first happened, we were in America, uh, touring America. I think we are in Hershey, uh, Pennsylvania, and it was getting worse and worse. It, it happened really quickly. We were told that our venues were sold out, um, the way they promote them over there in the theatres. Uh, you speak to the, the promoter the night before and he says, yeah, full show tomorrow, um, the theatre's full. But as, as the time wore on, after three or four gigs, the fair theatres were half full, and I was saying, listen, I thought this was sold out, uh, and the promoters were saying, I think it's something to do with this, this thing, the pandemic that's happening, people are scared to come out, and it's like, oh, right, so that doesn't really augur well for the rest of the tour, but then that was all taken out of my hands, because two days later, the venue started to cancel, that's how bad it got. And then eventually um, we took the decision that uh, we'd we we better get the band back to Scotland as soon as we can. And I remember when I was coming through the airports, uh, London, Heathrow, Terminal 5, there was nobody there. You would, have, you would have been surprised if you'd seen a wolf walking past one of the, the, the carousels. It was just, then I realised this is pretty bad. But even then I was thinking, maybe two or three months, we'll get into the summer and then we'll be back up and running. But just probably as everybody knows, it'll just get worse and worse until uh, obviously the vaccine hopefully is going to, is going to save us, and we can all get back to uh, what we're doing best. But again, I'll reiterate, all I've lost is money. Um, all the things I've been doing, I've been catching up in all the wee jobs I was supposed to be doing in the house. And I really it frightens me to think that I thought that I was going to do that in a weekend. It's taken me the best, the best part of the year to catch up in all the wee DIY jobs. Still been t- uh, speaking to the lads. It was great um, getting in there the last week to do some recording uh, and get the pipes going again. I had to bust, uh, blow the dust off the pipes, blow the dust off the fingers as well.
0: You know, in terms of keeping up the practice, keeping things tight and everything, you have not been like annoying your neighbours by standing in the street sort of 2 a.m. and your boxers chanting on the way, no?
1: Not at all. I I think when you're doing it every single day, most musicians will tell you it, it, it's your job, you know. So you have to keep on top of it. But then when you find out that your diary is completely empty, my mind I mean, was drawn to other things. I started playing a lot of outdoor tennis, which I've not really done before, and then Obviously, I had my stuff to do in the house, but one thing I've noticed that as, as pipers will attest, the first thing that goes is your mouth, the muscles around your mouth, they can't get up the mouthpiece. So when I came back from the, the practice the, or the, the recording session the other day, my wife said to me, Have you been, have you been drinking? I was like, Yeah, what, I've not been drinking. It was because I couldn't, I'd lost the, 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 the use of my mouth. But I must say, eh, my fingers are seem to be a lot better, they seem to be a lot freer it's probably just because I have not been battering it three hours a day, every day when I've been on tour so I think there's a, there's a kind of yin and a yang
0: So what happened then? You got a, a call from Hebkelt to say would you be part of this survival sessions. What was your immediate reaction? Yeah.
1: So we've kind of shown, I'll just be honest we, we've kind of stayed away from it um, completely, we, we took the decision that when you're presenting uh, the, the, the Red Hot Chili Pipers are a live act um, it's more a show, Um so when you go and see the Red Hot Chili Pipers, we, we thrive on audience participation. And uh, and not, I know an awful lot of other bands, it's exactly the same. So we always thought, well, oh, stay away from the... I know other people were doing it, but and that's fine as well. I'm not going to uh, say that's right or wrong. Um, we just didn't think that if you're presenting a concert, a live concert, a live music, uh, you, sh- you should be doing that. And, and you don't have any control. You can't say, well... Uh, mrs smith she's going to listen to it on her laptop uh, mr mcgovern he's going to listen to it and he's of that banging all some hi-fi so we, we can't control that. so what we decided to do is yet yeah, we are going to do this uh Hep-Kelt Fest survival sessions because of the allegiance we've got with have killed Fest. we are up there on a number of occasions it's a great festival it's a great island and we thought hey, we will do it but what we're going to do is we're going to put thousands into the production and that's what we've done we got a new lighting rig uh, with our new lighting engineer, uh, lighting director, uh, and put as much into the actual visual aspect of what you can have given the parameters of what we what we were faced with. So I we, we, we sat up the long sleepless nights um, on the phone. What can we do here? Can we do this? Yeah, um, right, okay, let's go and let's practice that. What can we do with the backdrop? Let's get a really, really nice backdrop. Uh, what about lighting designs for this? We'll bring the dancers in as well because again, that adds to the visual thing and you're not completely reliant on somebody's Speaker system uh, on their laptop with their Banging ocean hi-fi, so we we threw the we absolutely threw the kitchen sink at it, and I'm glad we did because it got us out of our shell, it got us back together again, it got us playing music, uh, and I remember when I left the studio over in Springburn in Glasgow after uh, being in there for two days, so we came out and after a wee spring I was in my step again, and I am I'm, I'm really glad, and again it's a legacy we can look back in that in years to come and see okay that's it survival sessions for the Head uh, Guild, uh, twenty twenty one.
0: And how was it being back with everybody again, seeing them all sort of face-to-face? You said you'd been on the phone with them. It must have been quite a special moment.
1: Aye, it was totally amazing. Again, you miss the buzz, uh, the vibe of the band. Uh, you also uh, miss the, the camaraderie. Um, don't forget, as with every band, we, we spend a lot of time in each other's company. So, you get along very well for the for the good or the bad. Uh, you always find everybody's got their own wee foibles. And again, it was great just to be back in amongst it all and laughing and making music. You know, uh, when you we, we use these in your monitor systems and to have the full band, sometimes I practice with that on for a click track, but to have the full band in my mix in my head was just, I've actually got goose pimples even thinking about it and more goose pimples than I was doing it. It's just uh, amazing to be back.
0: So, obviously, you're coming into your. Let's pause for a minute, 20th year doing this, (laughs) you know, because this is something different and because there's been such a long layoff, do you have any nerves like, like, oh God, I hope it goes okay?
1: Roddy MacLeod, was one of my backpack teachers, and he always used to say to me, listen, see if you're not, and you you recited the alphabet in front of 6 million people live, do you think you'd make a mistake? And I said, no, probably not, actually. He says, well, the reason for that is you've said the alphabet a million times in your life, he says, and that should be like the tunes that are on your fingers, you should be practising them until, they always say, practice until you get it right, Uh, don't practice until you get it right, practice until you can't get it wrong, so there's always kind of that in the back of your head, but then, I don't know, you're you're human after all, so sometimes, you know, you do get quite nervous, um, depending on the venue and uh, where you're you're playing, so uh, it's just one of those things, but again, you've got a responsibility as well, let's not forget that people are paying money to hear you and see you, so it would be remiss if you weren't to do your practising and you weren't to have the band as tight as tight could be. We were always very proud of that. We, we spend a lot of money on our uh, sound engineers from the house, Big Joe, uh, Alec McNutt, fantastic sound engineer. He does our in-air uh, monitors. And if we don't have that, and we haven't spent the money on that and all our monitor systems and everything else, then it doesn't matter how well I'm playing or how, how well in tune my pipes are. If that's not transmitted to the live audience in front of you,
0: you're just wasting your time. I've got this notion that while there's this period of reflection and people are, you know, reassessing what's important, what's not important, et cetera, when music, live music, comes back in a more familiar fashion, I think it's going to be like Bedlam. I think it's going to be like, like lions out of a cage almost. And Aye. it could be some of the best experiences we've had as, as fans or, you know, as musicians. Uh, I can imagine it'll be quite an outpouring of emotion.
1: Aye, I think they call it a subject. I, I certainly know the last concert. I, I go to a lot. Not only i playing live live music. I go to a lot of live music shows. I like, I well, enjoy music. But uh, I went to see the 1975 in the Hydro in Glasgow I think, just just before the final. Look, just before I went to America, in think, February last year. And I remember thinking at the height of the pandemic, when everybody was in the lockdown and all that, and I said to myself, Would I feel comfortable getting into a crowd? And this is the worry I've got now: Would people feel comfortable? going into a crowd and standing there in close, uh, close proximity to uh, other music fans without masks on. Or anything. But the more that uh, I think about that and the more that happens with the vaccine and all that, the test events, Wimbledon uh, 50% capacity in there, Wembley uh, 25%, they're going up to 80 I think for the final. Um, and if, as long as these are coming through uh, with no detrimental effects to people's health, And I I thoroughly believe, I mean, for me personally, I can't wait to go and see a band live and have all that back again. And I never thought how much I would miss it until it was gone. I think that's, again, it's the kind of grass is always greener scenario. So, yeah, I think it'll be a a massive surge. And I think that's good. I think it'll add a a certain more, I think, more vibrancy would be the thing, the word to use. Uh, People will be so glad to get out, they'll be so glad to hear their favorite bands. And for the people that are playing in those bands, it'll be so good to actually, A, uh, earn a living again, uh, make money, because I know that it's quite a lot of these musicians have, uh, I I think the Self-Employed Grant was there, but it wasn't anywhere close to what they were getting. Quite a lot of us are company directors, so we don't get any furlough. Um, So again, it can't just come down to money. Obviously, it's people's health and people's well-being. But, yeah, I, I think there will be a surge towards live music. That'll be one of the big uplifts. And uh, I just, see, to be honest, Sean, I just can't wait. You know, it's just going to be the best day of the last 18 months, two years. And hopefully, oh, my God, I just thought there's not going to be another pandemic. I said, that's the thing that everybody's talking about. You know, what next? <laughs> How would you ever plan for that? One of the things as well that I've always taken away from this pandemic is that it's it, it probably sounds um, weird for me to say, but it, it doesn't just affect me. It's not that I've made a mistake or, you know, um, through my own actions, I, I'm now finding myself unemployed. It's not like that. It's it's the world, it, throughout the whole world, this has affected people. Uh, and it's affected. And I always try and keep my, my foot again, keep my feet in the ground and say, well, it's affected people an awful lot worse than you, really. uh, Just You need to look forward to, you know, getting them back on it when, it, when it comes back up and running.
0: It's real interesting to hear that answer because I think it's easy to overlook the fact that you're not just a musician, you know, you're a business person as well, you're a director, you've got a responsibility and I know in the past you've been a firefighter, so you would be a strategic thinker, you know, other things you've, you've done. That must be quite a, a weight to carry as well, you know, when you've got a big group of people, you say it's, it's a show, it's not just a few guys turn up with a bag to, to get going. Has it given you time to reflect on what you might like to do next?
1: No, definitely. We've got lots of ideas. Again, this, the, the thing, the music and the thing with your bands, you keep. To, you have to keep, the, I think, the favourite proponent of that was, used to be Madonna. I remember every year she would reinvent be herself. So there's things, there's tunes there that we're uh, thinking of bringing back in again. But most for the Heb-Celt fest, I don't want really to let the out of the bag too much, but we've, we've kept it mostly traditional, obviously, because that's the, the, the Hebridean Celtic festival. Um, we've put a couple of our uh, famous covers in there, uh, and we've got the, the fantastic Chris Judge on vocals, um, but I we're, we're thinking constantly and this has given us time a, a great deal of time to reflect and I'm sure by the way it'll be exactly the same for other bands out there they'll, they'll be wanting to be coming back uh, bigger and better and I'm so glad as well because just not don't forget it's not affected and the music side of things it's not just affected the musicians the people on stage just think about all those people the support people the merchandise sellers the, the PA companies that put in PA these companies PA's cost an absolute fortune there's something like 50 grand for a sound desk all these sound sound desks are sitting undercover just now making the, the people who own them no money. You know, there's hundreds of things that have been affected by this. And I think the the, the pent up um I don't know the, 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 just for people to be get back in amongst it and hear their bands as they heard them, but also the band have get the bands will come back with bigger and fresher ideas. And perhaps for that reason well you never ever um, say it out loud. Perhaps for that reason the night reason alone that's probably one of the only things I can see positive come out of the pandemic people ask me all the time you know have you seen anything positive come out of the pandemic what about you know what you know things that people do different what we're doing just now a zoom meeting my wife hasn't she works in the virgin bank she hasn't been into glasgow for the last 18 months she's been sitting in the kitchen um, and and we're thankful for that as well we've got a nice garden we can go out and, do, out and do that but other people they've got the same flats multi-story flats or whatever that must have been torture but people say well it affect you that you know the things that are happening i say well I hope not, I said I don't want to do any more uh, Zoom meetings, I want to go out and play my, my pipes to, to people and then certainly I want the social distancing to stop right now because, uh, because that just won't work our capacity for a venue would need to be at least 70% for us to uh, wash our face so that's how much it costs to pay the musicians, to pay the technicians, to pay the PA, to, to pay the crowd uh, control to pay the merchandise, sales. you need to have that and if you're trying to run these venues that's what I think who would have survived is totally beyond me because if they're opening their venue they can only do 25% capacity their overheads must be totally frightening
0: This at least with the survival sessions at Hebkel is a step forward, it's a hybrid event but at least yeah. it's a beginning You know, it's support for some of those people that you, you mentioned there There's other festivals who haven't been so lucky but again hopefully they'll bounce back I was reading in, I think it was the Irish Times an article you did saying that the, although you've done Tina Park and obviously Heb's your favourite, let's face it You'd love, to, you'd love to do Glasgow as well. Right. that would be the one there. If you, if you could do a festival like that, you know, there, or Press Blue and Stornoway, with any one band, you know, you had The Darkness there a few years ago, who do you Aye. most love to collaborate with?
1: You know, the only person, again, that's a great question, it would be one guy, and the guy that's, uh, I think, if you ask any piper, any bagpipe play, uh, player, who's been influenced by anybody, it's got to be the late, great Gordon Duncan. If I could ever play a tune the Gordon Duncan, I got close to it one day, but my pipes were on the bus. We were on a ferry. And I'd left my pipes in the bus in Gordon Duncan. It was out Stuart He you know who that is? I says, no, okay. well, what, what a player. And he went, aye, that's Gordon Duncan. Uh, so if I was to do any festival, any live music event, people would ask me, I would say, imagine being joined on stage by uh, Gordon Duncan how amazing would that be when it comes to bands though I would say well obviously my favourite band or my favourite band and it probably uh, you're thinking he's going to say something traditional here but not. it's 1975 I think they're fantastic uh, and if you listen to some of their earlier stuff compared to some of their more contemporary stuff and the, the concert I have done there. I look, I go to these uh, live music venues and I've obviously got musicians here and I and I just think, oh my God, how much have they practised? How much uh, rehearsals are when they get that? Just as perfect as that. So I, Gordon Duncan, I could imagine Fred Morrison as well. He's a, he's a brilliant piper. And quite a lot of times we've played at festivals with Fred. And I always make sure I, uh, I go around and hear him. Other trad, trad bands I've got a great deal of time for and played with in the past. Labrotein, Serian, the, the great Canadian band. Um, and they've got this amazing percussive dancer. We don't have a drum kit player. They have a percussive dancer who keeps the beat with our feet. And I remember uh, I saw them in Lorient in Brittany, and I, I just thought I was astounded in the sound that they had, and that's where I mean Stuart and Kevin had spoken and says whatever we're doing, we have to get recreate that sound as close as we can. And um, so that's when we started investing more money in our actual the sound that we transmit to the audience, great sound engineers and great sound checks, and uh, from all the great equipment that we, that we have. But yeah, they were, that was a big influence. I'd love to play with them one time.
0: When you've been on the uh, stormy uh, itself. There must be something special being that close to the crowd as well, and to to have that kind of atmosphere, you know, full full of not just locals but people come f- coming from around the world. When I mean, you're used to big events, is there something quite quintessential special about Heb for you?
1: The only time it ever happens, and I've ever seen it happen, um, it happened at Heb I don't know; it was five or six years ago, maybe longer actually, maybe eight. You'll remember it, it was like a gloriously hot summer's day. It was like. Barbados uh, in, in North Scotland, but the time that it happens, it's happened twice now that we've played Kelp Fest, you know, what happens is the band's gone before us and you are always on last or second last and uh, you go in and you think, you know, you're getting yourself ready at the, side of the stage and you're looking out because you do that, that's a that's kind of vibe you have, you want to see how many people are going to be there and you're looking out and there's a buzz, and the next minute they take the sides, they took the sides off the tent the big, massive tent, they took the size off that to let more people in and see it. I never have ever seen that at Hebb fest. So that's the, the thing. I always, I think I think I spoke to the last time, and I said, can, can you see me at the back? Because it was just as far as I could see, the, and they are taking the size off the tent as well. So uh, that's totally amazing. The other thing is, as well, you, you travel the world, but I mean, I'm quite proud to be Scottish. So I I, I look at these, these events uh, and the people and the management that goes in behind it. And I think I, that makes me so proud because I think people from around the world, as they do in Stornoway when they call it for Happy Help Fest, they all go away and they reflect reflecting the welcome that the Scottish people had for them and also the way the, the environment they were in and also the, the experience of the festival. And that makes me feel super proud. Prouder probably than anything else I do outside Scotland because I'm Scottish born and bred, you know. I'm where I wear a kilt. i probably wear a kilt when I wear trousers, actually. Do
0: you feel quite proud of what, You've been able to do for Brand Scotland as well, then, because also, I mean, you've done everything from you know Glasgow 2014, you know, the TV shows, Bahrain. You just talked about being in America there for, for the tour. And people come to see you guys in your in your gear with the pipes, with the whole show that goes on. I mean, you're, if you could bottle you, you'd be your very own sort of brand of malt whiskey, wouldn't you? So
1: Great question again, Sean. It's more a brand now than it is a band. I think that I was born more for the fact because when we started it, uh, Stuart, myself and Kevin, 20 years ago, we had all played in the Scottish Power Pipe Band, and we liked to, the, the reason why we all still wear the black kilts as born, Red Soil's black shirt, is we, we always thought the Red Hot Chili Pipers could be a kind of, more entertaining uh, version of a pipe band. Now, pipe bands for me are super entertaining. Uh, that's because I play, I've played well, most of my life in pipe bands, so it's in my blood, it's in my family. But my wife and my daughters don't like pipe bands, they find it boring. Um, so, the big thing that we thought, what, what can we do to, uh, to you know make this more accessible to the general public? who may well not be into the pipe bands as much as we all are. So we kept the uniforms, we kept the uniform aspect of, we also kept in a, a marching snare drum, um, which has always been part of the Red Hot Chili Piper sound, and again, that's unique to the Red Hot Chili Pipers. There's lots and lots of Gaelic rock uh, uh, rock bands out there who play bagpipes and we like electric guitar, so we're certainly not the first to have done that. We also play in the key of beef flat, so that we can have a brass section, um, and it's easier for the singers and in fact sometimes it's harder for the singers that we have to uh, sing at that uh, B-flat but I think yeah I think we're becoming I don't want to I definitely don't want to come across as big-headed but I do think that some sometime in the near future and, and you reflect back achieved I think one of the things that we did achieve was that it's quite a remarkable um, brand that we have now and also we, we do get booked all over the world and the thing about it is we always try and make sure that when we get booked and we play one of these festivals or shows then we try and make sure we get it back. That's how professional we all everybody is with it all, uh, and I think that's been a mainstay of the the you know the, the evolution of the band and also the success of the band. But quintessentially, we're Scottish. You know, we wear the kilts and the red spawns, but um, and a lot of other bands do that too. However, we we all wear the same uniform, and I think that's becoming synonymous now with the red Hot chili Pipers and the red spawn. It's quite a hard thing, and I've said that to people. They ask me, you "Know would I be able?" Uh, learn how to play the pipes and maybe play with your band and I said, well, it's quite an exclusive thing the Red Torch, because there is only three pipers it's not like a, a pipe band you know, you can have 27 pipers so, you know, it's the, the openings come up a uh, few and far between, sometimes we'll have a corporate band out and we can bring in some more pipers, while well, the band the main band are out touring, but I, I'm, I'm, see, to be honest I'm, I'm really, really proud of it, i would never say, obviously, I'm not going to say anything different, but some of the wee twists and turns that you take throughout your life. This is one that's been incredibly successful uh, and I will always reflect, uh, when my playing days are over, I'll always reflect on some of the things that we've achieved uh, going around the world, uh, promoting Scotland, promoting uh, Scottish traditional music, uh, making trad music tremendous, I always say.
0: But,
1: uh, I don't know. I, 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 Yeah, I think it's been really successful and I'm very, very proud of it.
0: No, so things are a bit strange just now still. But how would you hope to mark that achievement ahead of hitting twenty years?
1: Yeah, we've got a few things in the pipeline. I don't want to again, again let the cat out the bag. But um, we're doing the tours, the tours for next year, twenty twenty two. Don't don't forget, the twenty twenty two tours will be new. But we've also got the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one tours that we're supposed to be doing. So we're going to be, as most bands will be, the busiest people on God's earth uh, in twenty twenty two. The music scene, we're already trying to secure uh, PAs. Sound engineers, uh, lighting desks will try to secure a lot well in advance, you know, thinking on our feet here. Um, but there's lots of surprises for next year. We'll, we'll, the, the, the crowd will not be disappointed when they come and see the 20th anniversary of the, the formation of the, the Red Hot Chili Pipers. I can't. I still find that hard to believe. I, I was uh, a fireman for 28 years. and But then now I see my wife, I've, I've been a chili paper for 20 years, almost as long as I was in the fire brigade, you know,
0: just incredible. If you had one message for everybody taking part in... The survival sessions, yeah. what would it be?
1: I would say absolutely enjoy it. Um, again, uh, you've got to try and get your, get your head around the fact that it's it's not in Stornoway in a big, massive blue tent, but the, the bands that are playing there and the people playing in the bands have went to the NCD to make sure that you know, the storm the Hep Kelt will be the Fest festival. Still, be very much at the forefront of people's minds by doing these survival sessions. And I've got to say, a brilliant idea, by the way. Uh, and I'm quite sure that that will lead to many, many successful festivals and going going forward in the future. Because it's certainly in the forefront of my mind. I just hope, Caroline, if you can have a wee word there, Sean, uh, invites us back for my year. How good would that be?
0: You've been listening to the survival sessions from Hebkelt. Today's producer and editor was Callum Fraser. Marketing promotion was by Peter Kane of the Kane Partnership. The show was written and recorded by Scood Media Associates. Our cover art was by 991 Design. The show's title music, Far Large by Nightworks. Find more at nightworksband.com. And today's host was myself, Sean Millen. For more information or to get your passes, visit Hebkeltfest.com. And subscribe to us wherever get your podcast for the next episode.